Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to be offering our five tips for running scenes with lots of NPCs. Okay, so I'm sure we've all been in the situation when you're running a game and for whatever reason, you your players are going into a scene where there's a lot of NPCs. Now, that can be quite difficult for the GM to run because you've got to keep track of all these different NPCs. You've mm-hmm. got to try and make them distinct enough for the players to differentiate between them, mm-hmm. which isn't normally a problem if you've got like one or two NPCs in a scene, like main NPCs. If you've got, say, like eight, nine, ten it starts getting a little bit more difficult. So here's five tips that will hopefully help you through that. So the first one is define the NPCs that are important. As we've just said, running a scene with a lot of different NPCs in is already enough work for you as a GM. So make sure you're not doing more of that work than you absolutely need. So for example, I recently ran a scene in a vampire game when there was a meeting of all the kindred of London and there were about eight NPCs in the scene who were vampires, the player characters, and there were lots of mortals around. Now, since the focus of that scene was on the meeting of the vampires, I only really had to concentrate on those eight vampire NPCs. I didn't have to give myself the extra work of like defining all the mortals. They can be sort of kept vague and a little bit in the background. After all, you can always elaborate on them if you need to. So, effectively, you're suggesting anyone that's not important just effectively treat them as a chorus or a mob. Yeah, or or, or as like scenery. So, the, yeah. in the scene I ran, it was set in a club owned by some vampires. There were a lot of mortals there. So, when they first went in, I did a brief description of the location because they'd been there before. They know mm-hmm. what it looks like. I then said, there's plenty of mortals around. They're sort of dressed like this. They're wearing clubber gear. They There's... I gave a few sort of throwaway descriptions, but then I focused mainly on the important NPCs for that scene, who were the the vampire NPCs, and just sort of let the the mortals fade into the background. Now, if you do need to bring one of those background NPCs out, you can always elaborate on them later, as happened when one of the mortals became important in that game. But you've already got a lot of work to do as a GM with like the mm-hmm. NPCs you need to focus on. So don't give yourself extra by trying to run every sort of NPC in a scene to the same level of detail as you do the important ones. Tip number two is give the main NPCs a distinguishing single characteristic. Now, if there's lots of NPCs in a scene, it's going to be virtually impossible to fully flesh them out and portray them as fully realised three-dimensional characters. And to be honest, if it's just one scene and the player characters have got a lot to do in that scene, which tends to be the case if there's a lot of important NPCs, they're not going to have time to like talk to each NPC and get their lives through. They're probably going to have a chat with them for like a couple of minutes. They're going to move on to the next one. So if you try and bring out this fully three-dimensional character, you're just making a lot of extra work for yourself. What I'd advise you do is, like I say, pick a, a single distinguishing characteristic. It could be something in their appearance, the way they speak, the way they act, and sort of really sort of amplify that so that it sticks in the mind of the players. So just, just as a ridiculously stereotypical example, if the players are going to a scene and you're like, 
oh, there's all these different NPCs and you're describing them. And then you go, oh, and there's one guy with a, a bit of a limp wearing an eye patch and he talks like a pirate. And you can put on a vaguely sort of passable impersonation of a pirate. People are going to remember that NPC. Mm-hmm. Now, you choose one or two important characteristics to distinguish NPCs. I wouldn't advise going beyond that. Just focus on playing up one particular aspect of them to exaggerate and sort of define that NPC. Another thing that's useful with this is if you've got like several groups interacting. Um, So I had a scene recently in my game where there was a character who needed to get to the courthouse. We had police and then we had two or three different political groups protesting what this character was doing. And by saying, oh, yeah, all the people who are involved in, like, this thread of the plot line are wearing blue shirts to symbolise such and such. And then you can see all these people of, like, the particular species are all... Yeah, so grouping them together. So that people know, like, which groups have got which agendas without me having to detail all of each group. Yeah, and if, and if you do want to sort of, like, personalise that a bit more, and I've done this in um, my vampire game, where you tend to have, like, coteries of vampires led by a particular vampire, is I'll pick a characteristic that defines the leader and I'll treat them as a main NPC. Then the other NPCs who are with them, who are part of their group or part of their coterie, I'll sort of describe them in a way that reflects the leader, but won't sort of give them, like, a fully detailed description. So... Just to, again, to pick a ridiculously stereotypical example, if you're like, oh yeah, you're talking to this brujar, he's got like a Mohican leather jacket, the, the standard sort of punk rock style aesthetic, and you sort of play him up like that, and then you say, yeah, all of his coterie are wearing sort of like biker gear and whatever. If later on you say, oh, you see a guy walking out and he's wearing biker gear, the players will probably assume, oh, he's, he's part of that same coterie. And that's mm-hmm. all you really need. It's just something to tie those groups together, as you were saying, look. Now, one of the other things you can do, if you feel comfortable with it, is you can try changing your voice for different NPCs. Now, not everyone can do accents or impressions. I'm pretty rubbish at them myself. I can do maybe like two and a half sort of impressions that are vaguely passable. But you don't really have to be able to do impressions or funny voices at all. There's numerous other ways you can moderate your voice. You could speak more quietly or softly. You could speak loudly, forcefully. You can make gestures to sort of emphasise your point, or you can have an NPC use certain slang or phraseology. And just sort of it not being your standard sort of neutral GM voice when you're talking to people, just changing it a little bit will cause that to stick in the player's mind and hopefully make the NPC stand out a little bit more. So, tip number four is to use the name of the NPC or their description as much as possible. Now, as we've said earlier, in an NPC-heavy scene, it can be quite difficult for the GM to run. But let's face it, it's also quite difficult on the players because they're trying to remember all these different NPCs and who said what, who did this, who did that. So you want to try and make it as easy as possible for your players to remember them. And that's what a lot of these 
tips are about. So just by using the NPC's name or a bit of their description, sort of like as much as you can to help reinforce that in the mind of your players can be really useful. And whether that's just every other time they speak, you say, oh, the Brujol steps forward and says da 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 Or you say, and then when you flip over, you say, oh, the Venture who stood there in his slick business suit says X, Y, and Z. Just by keep using their name, obviously via repetition, it's more likely to stick in your mind for the GM because it's easy to get turned around as a GM when you're running lots of NPCs, but it's also more likely to stick in the player's mind. Another thing you can do is if you've got like a picture for a particular NPC, whether that you're using like a virtual tabletop or if it's a face-to-face game, consider like holding up or otherwise making the picture available to the players when you're using a particular NPC. Now, this might not work for everybody, but a lot of people, I certainly know myself included, find remembering NPCs easier when you can associate them with something visual or like a face. I mean, I'm terrible at remembering names in real life, but I can always remember the names of faces I've seen before. This is actually another really good use of miniatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got quite the range of miniatures, and there's probably a cast of about 30 or 40 of them that I've regularly used in games. And you can just stick a miniature on the table and say, yeah, this represents this guy. And then if there is something different to the miniature in your yeah. description, you point that out to the players... And from that point on, whenever you stick that miniature on the table, you only need like a couple of words to remind players who it is. Yeah, that's a great tip for face-to-face games. And as I say, it also works with virtual tabletops like Roll20. And to be honest, for me, because like I say, I I do remember faces more than I remember names. One of the first things I do when I come to pick up like a new NPC to make a new NPC, I'll go on like Google image search and I'll just type in a few words that I would associate with the NPC. So to use our ridiculously stereotypical Brugia, I might type in like punk leather jacket on Google image search and then I'll make a little token of that for Roll20 for that particular NPC and then because there's a facility within that software where you can sort of bring up the notes on your screen but you can tap it so it pops up on the player's screen as well so when we were doing the the sort of vampire conversation screen in the last session when they were talking to a particular group i'd be like all right okay bring up those four images and i'd be like right you're talking to these four people now and because they've got them on the screen if they need a bit of a refresher they don't always have to stop me and sort of say oh who who was it who mentioned about the venture again they can look at on the screen and hopefully that'll remind them and obviously let's say if they do have to ask you that's just how it is and that's fine but if you have these visual reminders and clues there it's sort of it's a lot easier to spark your memory off and recall that information okay so my final tip for running an npc heavy scene is don't stress too much about the players forgetting things there will inevitably become a moment in an npc laden scene when as we've just said a player will be like oh sorry who am i talking to now or who was it who said that now don't stress about this just remind the player who they're talking to maybe give them a bit of a description again and move on players not being able to remember every npc is not an indicator that you're doing a bad job as a gm now your player characters might be in an important life or death meeting with some really important npcs but obviously 
we're just playing a game and i don't say just to like belittle the hobby obviously I, I love the hobby but we're playing a game every certainly at the moment everyone's got real life stuff going on that's putting pressure on them and competing for their attention no one ever in an rpg is always a hundred percent on their game and sort of entirely focused on the game and blotting out everything else to the point where it doesn't exist everyone's got other things in the back of their mind you know real life stuff clamoring for attention it's only natural that in a particularly in a big scene where there's a lot of npcs there's maybe a bit of confusion going on in character maybe it's a bit hectic that some lesser details should slip a player's mind as i say it's not a comment on the fact that you're doing a bad job as a gm because to be honest you're probably not if the players need a reminder don't, don't take it don't take any offense at it don't think oh i must be doing a terrible job that they, they, they forgot that uh, mr hartley roberts was the primogen of the uh, brujar clan it's probably just they were distracted the information slipped their mind if they need a reminder just give them a little reminder see it as an opportunity to reinforce that npc so perhaps slip in a bit of extra description remind them of a few facts about that npc and then move on with the game so another tip to add on to this <gasps> the forbidden sixth tip and i've no idea where i'm remembering this from i think it's probably a convention game that i've played at all right okay. and i've seen a gm do at some point and whoever that gm was it's a really cool idea and i'm telling the world about it thanks anonymous gm <laughs> It was uh, some sort of a Game of Thrones type scenario for the actual story. And the various NPCs, he had chess pieces. Oh, okay. And, like, obviously, chess pieces already have certain associations with them. You've got the knight, you've got the bishop, you've got the queen, the king, the rook, the pawns. Yeah. And thus. It sort of immediately gave you like a little nod as to how important this person was, and because he got the red chess pieces and the black chess pieces, it was you. You could immediately Your see as sides. well who was on which group. Yeah, and I, and I suppose that's a that's a sort of variation of what you were talking about with miniatures. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a physical representation of the NPC that has like a hint or a sort of visual characteristic that sort of gives you gives you a hook for your memory that allows you to recall that information. So, same as you were suggesting with pictures as well. Yeah, so I mean, if, let's say if you're running a fantasy setting and you're using like your chess pieces, if you've got like the sort of noble paladin or whatever and you're like, oh, I'm using like the knight piece for that with like the horse on mm-hmm. it, people are like to go, oh yeah, horse, that, that's the cavalry guy we were talking to earlier. If you're like, oh, we've been talking to like the engineer who built this fortress and used the, the rook for it, mm-hmm. the piece looks like a castle. So there's that visual link there that can be really useful for helping to recall that information. So if they go to talk to the engineer, maybe you just push that rook piece forward a bit and you're like, oh, the engineer steps up and he's chatting to you about this. And hopefully doing that, that'll trigger people's memory. But as we were saying in the, the fifth tip, if it doesn't, it's really not a commentary on you doing a bad job. No. It's just that there's a lot going on in games. And obviously, with a, as a GM, even with all the information at your command, 
sometimes we forget things sometimes we forget facts about an npc that's why we keep notes obviously mm -hmm. so from a player's perspective who doesn't have all the information at their command they've only got whatever notes they've been taking sometime or, or maybe not depending on the case maybe it can be quite difficult especially when there's a lot of people all at once to remember all of those facts so anything you can do to help your players out in that regard is a good thing but if at the end of the day it doesn't work and you maybe have to give them a bit of a reminder it's not the end of the world just give them the reminder jump back on with the game see it as an opportunity to sort of further embed the idea of your npc in their mind and just crack on with having a good game that's it so that's been our five tips for running npc heavy scenes with a six special forbidden tip slipped in there at the end. <laughs> so we hope you've enjoyed this episode and got something out of it. If you want to get in touch with us, maybe you've got some other tips for helping with NPC heavy scenes, or you want to comment on this episode or another, you can get in touch with us via SpeakPipe. There's a link in the description of this show. Or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you next time, take care. Bye.